0: and um, really incorporating that into my design. So I've uh, my goal uh, target market is um, single people that are going through divorce, or transition, or transformation. And I'll work with couples too, but that's kind of where my experience is, and I really wanna help others with that. So decluttering and um, the
1: flow of furniture. So that's
0: uh wow.
2: I,
1: I just went and got bit of, I had three huge bags of clothes. Um, actually, to even set up my little station in one of my rooms, um, I had to get rid of all this stuff. And it's so funny that once you start getting rid of stuff, you're like, what else can I get rid of? You know, it just becomes like this weird obsession. And so I can't wait to hear and learn more about, you know, how, you, how that really changes us because, and again, I'm going to ha- probably be asking you about the dark night of the soul because I think that's also a, a term that not everybody has heard of, or maybe they've heard of it, but they're not quite sure exactly what that is. So I will be wanting to hear more about that, that experience from you. So thank you so much for being here, Allison. Great. Thank you. Awesome. Chelsea what's going on hi
3: hi hi everybody i'm in portland um, oregon which is one of my soul homes so i'm really really excited to be doing the broadcast from here and for the invitation to be here so thank you i help visionary empaths build their six-figure soul purpose businesses so i take what is really hard for very spiritual people like us to understand because we're so cerebral and upper chakras i help you figure out what your body needs and tangibly the three activities that make you feel the most like you which are your sole purpose so how can we combine those into one really cool life and business that makes you not only the money that you can actually use to relax have enough space to take up time so you don't work the 40 hour work week but also so you can start to really affect the money system the media system, the change on a bigger level that needs to happen here. So I do this, I also help in a precursor sense, if you're just starting to understand what empath is, I help really define that in, if you're having a roller coaster of emotions daily, that is your original psychic ability, it's information coming to you from yourself, the world around you, and I help you find a way to differentiate yourself and that info and also know um, how to have boundaries and um, feel protected in a community of people that are like you. So um, I work on the side because I do a lot of stuff um, as a psychic artist too. One of my sole purpose activities is to paint portraits and it gives me this unreal psychic connection ever since I was little to people living or dead so I can get information about that person. I paint their aura colors in with them um, and I also do that as a service. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm so excited to be here with so many different people that have like different lenses on spirituality and and how they're living it every day. So
1: awesome.
3: I know, I think
1: I think my teammate found you um through the Empress Festival. and I'm like, she knows who what she's looking for. I'm like, these are the girls that I want. go find them and so I know some of you guys have found me on my Instagram, but every time i I see who she's like connecting with and I'm just like, okay, there is definitely like a movement of uh, so many people that are have woken up and they're taking these you know these things that maybe were um you know, frowned upon in the past, you know, I mean, things are expanding so quickly. And I remember when I went to natural medicine school 10 years ago, you know, people didn't even know what a holistic health practitioner was, you know, they're like, what's that? I was that person. I'm like, what's that? You know, so now everything's becoming a little bit more mainstream. And, but I still think there's a lot of education. So again, this is what the Empress Festival is for. So thank you so much for being here, Chelsea. Can't wait to dive more deeply into your nuggets. (laughs) Awesome. And then Brittany, hi. So happy to have you here, honey. I'm wearing my necklace. Yay!
4: I'm so happy to see it on you. I've got several little bullets going on and lots of crystals and gems. I just love layering in Earth's candy. I <laughs> love it. Tell us a little bit about what you do. I'm a jewelry artist. I love creating. I'm a mama. I work from home. I just love playing with crystals and creating magic. I feel like everything is an opportunity for magic. And I don't know, I'm just here to shine and learn and reflect the stars. I'm so happy to be soaking up everything and everyone. And it's an honor.
1: Awesome, well I can't wait to dive in because I think a lot of I think there's a lot of misnomers, you know. I think the word magic, you know, in the in the past, have maybe had some taboo, you know. Uh, so I want to dive deeper into that. I'll be t- picking your brain a little bit about crystals. Is there anything else you want
4: to share about what you do and who you serve? I serve everyone. I'm here to serve all of us and just shine my light. I'm here to reflect the stars and. Be happy, soak up happiness. I feel like everything is just a gift, a blessing, and I'm happy to just be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to
1: have you. I'm so happy to have everybody. So thank you, Brittany. Okay, so this is how we're going to do the rest of today. So we've done our introductions, and hopefully you guys are already taking note. We're we're about to dive into everybody's area of expertise. So again, if you don't have your notebook, that now would be a good time because I'm already taking notes. I'm like, okay, we've got... Quite a wide spectrum. I mean, honestly, I feel like every Empress Festival, I'm like, how do we, everybody does something different. Like there's actually not even a lot of crossover here, so I feel like we are going to have a very um, eventful event here today. And so I just want to make sure everybody's kind of, you know, wherever you are in your life, if you're just in, you know, if you're ending a relationship, if you have chronic pain, if you have an autoimmune disorder, you know, um, are you building a business? You know, I mean, everybody might wherever they are. Um, sometimes it's just about you getting to know yourself, which is really the start of the whole journey and the end of the journey and in between as well. So um, we're in a great place. I'm going to go ahead and start with just some like natural um, organization here. I think, <laughs> no pun intended, I'm going to be talking, to, we're going to go into Allison here because I'm going to try to do things chronologically for whatever, you know, wherever that means. But like, I think starting with your space, you know, because even if you are experiencing, you know, chronic pain, or, you know, if you're going through a breakup, everything is going to start with like where you lay your head at night. So I think I just want to start with you, Allison. Um, let's talk about decluttering. Let's talk about the importance of the energy of our space. Um,
0: so my suggestion is, or, you know, what I do with my clients is first we can, and I can do different levels. Like I've created packages where we can go through and I can just do consulting for two hours and they can take over, or I can come in and actually walk through the furniture pieces, like let's get rid of this piece. Do you like this piece? Often if it's divorced people, um, somebody gets the leftovers and they have no tie to it or it actually has bad memories. And so it's a matter of kind of going through what means something to you. Do you like this piece? Um, And if you don't, we can donate or sell it and kind of just go through it. And often people just need their handheld because they kind of get lost in the emotion of um, just kind of how life, approaches us. So I can do that through people's wardrobes, um, but I can also do it through their homes. What's your advice to people that can't let go of stuff? Um, you can get a storage unit. It's kind of a waste of money, but that way at least they don't aren't getting rid of it, but it's not in their actual space. Because mm-hmm. if they look at it every day and it doesn't actually mean something to them, or there's not an emotional kind of like the Marie Kondo thing, where if it doesn't bring you joy or spark joy, then get rid of it, and it's, it's really true. And that, it goes to furnishings, that goes to what's even in your drawers, like tidying up your kitchen, and going through and getting rid of the stuff that just doesn't mean anything to you, and putting like items together. It, it saves time through your day, and it actually just overall saves energy. And if
1: there's clutter around you, um, it clutters your mind as well. Uh, yeah, so, one of the things, I don't know where, if I read it a long time ago, but they always, you know, you kind of like, let's say you go through your wardrobe and like, so for me, I pulled out three bags of stuff. And then we have this like pile of like, I, I still want that. I haven't worn that in a long time, but I still want that. And it's so funny. And again, I don't know where I read this or if it's just a statistic, but even that small pile that was kind of like the maybe, and then people are like, well, I'm just going to keep that because I'm just not ready. Like nine, nine out of 10 times, they never end up wearing it and they should have just got rid of it in the first place. Do you find that to be true with your clients?
0: Um, I haven't had too much of a problem, but um, again, if that's the case and they just want to hold on to it as a security blanket we can just remove it from the visual space so it's not in their immediate surroundings and then over time they could let it go.
1: Any any tips around like let's say somebody, you know, either owns a home or rent or rents a home but there's like parts of their home that they haven't renovated like let's say they have, you know, yucky hardwood floors or maybe like their bathtub is peeling like like because every I feel like everything I see like like you know if it's not beautiful if it doesn't bring me joy there's still like a to it like is there like solutions for that like I know like with floors you can get rugs and stuff but is there any I don't know saging our space what's the best way to kind of go around things that we can't really totally change well I do tend to work with people
0: that are on uh, a very budget conscious um so even if you're renting and um I've dealt with a lot of renters so with renting just for like some quick fixes is Change out light fixtures that are unattractive. You can even get stuff at World Market. They have great knockoff stuff. And do a beautiful pendant light and um, throw in some window coverings, just some classic linen Roman shades. They don't cost that much. Um, And same thing with floors that you don't like. Get a rug. Even if it's a carpet you can't replace, you can still get a throw rug over it. Um, So there are different little fixes that you can do in order to make it at least aesthetically pleasing and those key items, like if you have a beautiful pendant, people are gonna notice that rather than maybe the unattractive countertops that you're not able to
1: afford <laughs> if you're renting. Good point, it's like almost like creating a different emphasis. Exactly, uh, draw your eye towards something else. And also if it's decluttered, if you
0: have, do have like a beautiful architectural looking chair and a beautiful pendant and you don't have a lot of clutter around, you will notice those beautiful things and a great piece of artwork.
1: It's so true. I mean, I, it's so silly, but I, my, I have two dogs. One dog, he really sheds. So when he comes into like the spring months or starts to get warmer out, like I can just see his fuzz balls everywhere. So even just like sweeping regularly, like I had a, my neighbor who I'm girlfriend, it's my, one of my girlfriends, she came over. She goes, oh my gosh, like what's different about your space? It like feels so amazing here. I'm like, oh, I fucking swept. <laughs> Keeping a space
0: clean makes a huge difference
1: you know and And then then, like yeah go ahead oh i just want to throw
0: in a couple while i'm thinking of it a couple other things like with the feng shui with my studies is each space should have five elements and that includes a water source um not necessarily obviously in every room but one of the key rooms which is like the entry um and then also a plant in each room some kind of a greenery even if it's just cut flowers um a wood element just brings in the nature uh, leather and a fire. So a candle, uh, especially in an office space um, to have those different elements really creates a balance and also just remember different textures. So like you can do a velvet, a silk, a leather, like I said, um, a linen. If you do a variety of textures as well. It adds to this space.
1: Love it. Yeah. One other thing and I'll, you know, stop Stop with all the nonsense here, but I'm just being silly here because I feel like I really relate to this subject just because I'm, I'm not a pack rat or anything. But, you know, even like getting like my hair dryer out of like the, the drawer and then there's like crap all around it. I was like, so some people that are really good at organizing, they have like little, you know, the little container stores, they have like something. That's like my mom. My mom is like OCD about like everything's like has a place. And you know, you realize like the other day I pulled out my hair dryer and it like knocked over like my hairspray or like all this other stuff. And I'm just like, that's annoying, you know, and I feel like aggravated by it. So I think we do, I think we tend to just think that those small little things like don't really affect us. But in my case, it was like really annoying and I feel like taking those times to be like, you know what, I don't want to keep knocking over all those products every time I pull out my hair dryer, I'm going to buy a little thing for it or whatever. So anyway, I'm, I'm babbling on because I just, I feel, I really relate to this subject because I feel like your space is, is key, to, especially during your ascension, during like if you're, especially if you're not feeling well. You know, there's nothing worse than feeling sick and then having like a dirty floor in your bathroom or, you know, your tub hasn't been scrubbed or something like that. So there is something to this, um, you know, cleanliness is holiness or whatever. Um, I do feel like you're right. It does really like declutter the mind and and help you to calm your nerve, your nervous system. We have so many stimulants um, in today's society from coffee to just traffic to whatever um, that your place should be so serene. So. Any final words before I move on? Well,
0: just to kind of tap onto what you just talked about. So I'm just also coming from personal experience. Not only do I bring my design, but with my ascension I've gone through and Dark Night of the Soul in the last two years have thrown me a loop, but I wanted to align my business with who I am now. And that's when I came on to, oh my gosh, I need to teach others what has helped me. And I, put my place onto Airbnb and I had to completely declutter and go through everything. And after I did that, I felt so much lighter. So I experienced it myself where I had just for six years packed stuff and you you put it in baskets and you put it away. And I went through and just really cleaned it up and it made such a difference in my life. So that's why I wanna share, not only bring my design, but my personal experience with how much that really changed your psyche. Because it puts you in alignment and you can focus on other things in your life. If your home environment is amazing and you well, at least it's your authentic self,
1: you go out into the world feeling better about yourself. Mm. It's just how it works. Interesting. It's kind of like the grumpy person at the grocery store. I'm like, I bet your house is a friggin' mess. Seriously, (laughs) even their car, I mean, right?
0: You can kind of, now that I've done this so long, I really can see a difference in how people are and you really know that how they are is based on kind of their space and whether even if you want to entertain you know that's a big thing if you want to do hosting i have hosting tips and stuff too i mean definitely check out my instagram because i'm always posting tips and uh trends that are going on and um i'm just trying to teach everyone little by little to what's your instagram um uh at one o-n-e digit one underscore design Awesome. Feel free to leave
1: that in the comments below this video too. I'm sure people would love to check it out. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. So now that we've decluttered our space, <laughs> I want to go to you, Coley, because I feel like um, one of the main symptoms, at least it was for me uh, in my, you know, growing and spiritually evolving was being sick. I was sick for a very, very long time. And I think a lot of people, you know, you you try everything and nothing seems to work. And like, you literally have no choice but to surrender to an like alternative medicine or to another way of, of trying to get to the result that you want. So um, what is your experience with this? Like, how did you get into this? Did you have a health issue? Did your children have a health issue? How did you go down this essential oil road and really start digging your teeth and claws into you know healing the 3d body
5: yeah thanks that's an awesome question so i was just talking about this the other day i had my 11 year old is my first home birth that i had and so in the state of missouri um the only way to have a water birth was to use a midwife home birth and i wanted that so that is literally how i found all the crazy people that i had found <laughs> that was a decade ago and i was you know my midwife was like giving me words like black cohash and you know like uh all of the different homeopathic words and i'm just like can you spell that like are you speaking english what are you saying and then i come back from these group meetings and i'm like these people don't even use plastic like (laughs) like they're crazy and so that was the introduction i just i wanted to have a natural birth i had had um my son before that naturally with a doula in the hospital. And that was really awesome. Um, Six years later, I was ready to just kind of take my own birth back. So it was an empowerment move for me to um, choose the birth that I wanted. And then I was introduced to natural healthcare and, I began, yeah, my, my heart opened up, my 4D world, my spiritual world opened up because I was able to start like getting the toxins out. Toxins I didn't even realize, you know, that were in my environment, that I was bringing in like synthetic dryer sheets or synthetic smells, even candles and that type of thing in our home or like off gassing you know, mattresses, off gas, our clothing, jeans, our endocrine disruptors, you know, our hormones, Mm -hmm. it's like all these chemicals. And then I was just like, ah, and then outside, of course, we have all the crazy, you know, pesticides and synthetic agents and just, it's too much. It's too much for our body. So I was uh, very sick too. You know, like at the time that I found this natural medicine, I was not going to be in the modern medicine world because I didn't feel that sick. I didn't feel sick until I started getting off of the toxins. And I realized, oh my God, I can't even like stand up for longer than five minutes. You know, I was so weak. A decade ago, I was, I had Epstein-Barr virus. Mm. I got cold sores. I had, you know, chronic fatigue. My first pregnancies, I was just, I had, I was napping all the time. It was just, I was sick and I didn't even know it. And so it wasn't until I started changing little things and adding the natural, you know, herbs and and just nature back into my space um, that I realized really how far from my true self, my divine self I had gotten. I you know, so that's how I was. That's, so it's so interesting book. because
1: it seems like such little things, but like even mentioning like the dryer sheets, you know, and buying jeans, you know, and all the dyes and the toxicity that even from our clothes that are touching our body, you know, and I, I think we are, we think we're exhausted because we didn't get enough rest or, but really there's all these things. And it was, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause when I went to natural medicine school, I had acne and I had a psoriasis and I, I mean I had so much, um, had all the xenoestrogens, everything was messing up my hormones. And I just couldn't understand why. And, you know, we live in a time where everything, everybody kind of is programmed to think they need the quick fix, but the quick fix will actually never solve the problem. You know, it'll actually just suppress the problem and then give you another one, you know, it'll like give you a new problem. So um, let's talk about the detoxification process, because I think there's a lot of people listening here. They're like, they got migraines, they have an autoimmune, you know, they have chronic pain or chronic fatigue, maybe adrenal fatigue. Um, you know, what's the first step? Because, and how long can they, st- you know, if they start to cut out the toxicities? And I hope that you have something, a blog, I think you do have a blog um, where people can go and read more about this, but it's even in our makeup and everything, and our hair products and everything. So if someone is going to truly go through this detoxification process, you know, when can they start to see some, some some symptoms start to dissolve. I
5: mean, like r- immediately, right away. So my disclaimer is, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not. I am not trying to pretend to be one. And this is a personal experience. I mean, I'm certified in some things, but I'm mostly a human on the planet trying to make my way through unscathed. <laughs> uh so detox the first step would be i mean get all of your products like unscented that's really you know simple and just start paying attention to like yeah like you just mentioned all of the different products it's really easy nowadays to just switch things out right i mean the market popular as far as well because we're dying you know our bodies aren't able to deal with the synthetic agents so everyone's like oh we're gonna have to do something different <laughs> so that's easy we'll just take out all the, the smells and get unscented and like the easiest quick thing to do is just put all the citrus essential oils in your water you know that actually citrus oils dissolve petrochemicals the uh, like gas, the petroleum, the plastics that we have in our air and in our water and our soils. And also remember, I'm not against synthetic anything, okay? We're we're integrative and we're transmuting. We're not battling against anything. We're integrating into our bodies. And as we're ascending to the homeosanctus, you know, the new body, the new human, we have to go ahead and just switch ourselves over and we're doing this generationally, you know, like even 3D, cause I have children, so I'm helping them, but you know, as our DNA moves forward just from the um, the DNA coding, you know, we're transmuting that for our generations above us, like our mothers and any future generations we have on this planet to add that we want to help them. So. Uh, What was I saying? I got all hoo-hooed. So I put the essential oils in my water, just a quick, easy. I mean, if we're just starting off, just get unscented and use some essential oils to help clean out at a cellular level. So I'm
1: I'm glad you brought up the essential oils because just so for those who are listening and they're thinking that they can just go buy essential oils and put it in their water or whatever, like not all not all essential oils are created equally. So we probably should preface that because not all of them are used internally. Some of them are just used externally. And I know that you are, um, a rep for doTERRA, which I love doTERRA. I, I mean, I had like an infection from like a hangnail put some like peppermint on there and it was like gone. I was like, what? Like, it was just crazy. It was like a miracle. I was like, and it had been hurting me for like two weeks (laughs) you know. and I'm just like, wow. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that, um, about, uh, Essential oils, because I think it's an inexpensive way to start to start the detoxification oh. process. But just make sure that they know, you know,
5: what to look for. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm a I'm a wellness advocate, professional wellness advocate, and so I help people use essential oils safely and effectively. And yes, not all of them are created equal. And our you know, doTERRA oils are 98% exclusive to to doTERRA. So we literally have standardized dosing, and that's how we've been able to get it into the hospitals, and um, how we have integrative medicine now in the States. We have actually three clinics that have, you know- pre- I didn't know that. these that know how to deal with integrative medicine. So they're, they're prescribing synthetic and natural agents now. And I am thrilled for that. So that is like my Instagram is essential mind and that is what I help people do in that realm for sure. Um, I help people just, yeah, start with their little baby steps. And for me, that's what it was. I had been like, I mentioned using herbs and homeopathics and all these natural agents for a long time. And then when I was introduced to doTERRA, it just worked so much faster and so much better than anything that I had been trying. And I am like, uh, a busy mom <laughs> you know it's like i needed i don't like painting one bit and i needed it to work five minutes ago so let's <laughs> get the show on the road you know so i just i do this and that's what's helped me move holistically forward but it was like you mentioned you know the 3d body the physical body that first started upgrading and then uh you know i realized different holistic tools like i use i'm a holistic healer i would never say a couple drops of oil is going to make your life roses and sunshine. You know, we all know that's not true. All the people on the panel have a piece to the feel good puzzle. And it's like you said, it's just kind of starting at a place that is easiest. And if you can get rid of some physical pain and clear out your space, you know, that you live in, it's like, we're on our way. (laughs) We're going to go far. So
1: I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I think it can feel very overwhelming to someone just getting started. Like there's just, it's so much that they're literally like, I just, it's just too much, you know? And so like, you like, I'm trying to go in order here with like cleaning out the space, you know, starting to just like change your energy, change your vibration. Um, and then, you know, now slowly integrating, you know, a more natural lifestyle, just simple little things like the essential oil in your water, uh, maybe cutting out plastic, maybe, throw your microwave out the window, you know, those like just small things. Because once you start to feel better, it's like, oh, well, what other things can I do? And that's, I think, where this like this holistic movement has really become like this, you know, amazing, huge bubble that's now bursting because people are seeing themselves feel better. And they're starting to realize like, wow, I wish I would have known this sooner. So baby steps, I think like one step at a time. Again, hope everybody's writing this stuff down. Um, So, uh, and you said your Instagram was essential
5: mind. Yeah, um, I have to. I have essential mind, which is my oil. It's a holistic like body care. Um, along with mind and emotions. And then at Practical Saint is my spiritual musings. Sometimes the 3D people just starting are like, what is she even talking about? We're scared. You know, that's cuckoo. So I separated them because it's a lot to handle (laughs) sometimes.
1: It can be overwhelming. And I think, you know, especially people have, you know, full-time jobs and they also have families and it's like, They don't have time to just sit around and read every single thing that they need to do. And obviously the essential oil has um, been such a huge monumental movement. I mean, especially for parents, I mean, I'm seeing all the moms are just repping the line and it's like, it's been helping with their kids and stuff. So, okay. So they have their information there. So this is great. I think we're setting some really nice foundational work here um, about what you put in your body, about your space. I now want to go to the mind. So thank you, Coley. I'll be back to you shortly. I want to go to you Paula, because I know that you um, help people with limiting beliefs, um, body work, things like that. And I feel like the mind is obviously so powerful. Powerful. We can talk ourselves out of things like in two seconds, you know, so what are some tips that our listeners can take away today um, if they're struggling with like, I don't know, negative Nelly, monkey mind, um, you know, wanting to do one, wanting to start on this new healthy path, but then still finding themselves slipping back into these old, you know, lower vibrational habits.
2: Yeah, okay. That's an awesome question, actually. So what I'm finding really interesting so far about this is every single person on this panel, I have used your expertise and somehow in my own journey. So I love that we've kind of all come together and we can see how great everything like I think it was Coley that said, it's not just a one one fix all it's like, try this, try this, try this. And I use everything, including decluttering. And including using elements in my space and including using elements and paying attention to those in my body. Um, One of my favorite practices, though, when it comes to my mind, because you're right, we can talk ourselves into anything and we can talk ourselves out of anything. And no matter what, our body believes what we're thinking, whether it's an imagination or it's actually real, our body will believe exactly what we're thinking. So... Um, we want it, we want to keep our mind and body together, but when our mind is playing some sort of fear-based trick on us, what can we do to help remove that from, from our thought? Because our mind creates our thoughts and then our thoughts become our reality. So I'm a pretty visual person. So what I do is if I have a thought, the first thing I do is say, well, is this, is this true? How do I know it's true? And then I visualize the thought in my brain, because it's in my mind, it's in my brain, and then it's starting to trickle in my body. So I take the thought, and I almost personify it. It's a, it's a thing, it's kind of a person, and it's, it's, it's not really me, it's something different than me. And so when I see, I see the thought, I look at it like a little bubble, I maybe make it funny, and then I remove it out of my mind and out of my body, and I put it over here. And then I'm able to sort of take a step back and look at it like it's, it's a little bit humorous in a way. And then when you remove it, you're not owning it. And when it's outside of you, you're disassociated from it. It's inside you, you associate to it and you make it a reality. So if you remove it outside of you, you can completely disassociate it from it and then realize that there's really no truth to it. It's just a story that you're creating.
1: I love that because what I'm hearing is that when we start to feel the symptoms in our body, like maybe rapid heart race, mm-hmm. um, you know, we start to get anxiety, um, we start to feel fear. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like we've made, I never thought of it like that. So thank you. So like we've taken the thought and we've moved it down. you know. And if you really think about it, if the mind is this powerful that it can change the chemistry of the body, then what shows up next? Physical symptoms.
2: Physical symptoms, absolutely. Right? Exactly. You know,
1: like autoimmunity, yeah. um, you know, hair falling out, whatever it ends up being is we've made something to be true. So what are some tips around dissolving it? So I like the idea of like, like finding humor about it and then releasing it. So is it, is it as simple as that? Like rec- it's almost like you're recognizing it as like a little, I don't know, a little devil <laughs> yes. on your shoulder. Like, what do you <laughs> yeah. want?
2: What's yes. your deal? <laughs> yeah. Um it is just like that for me. I'm, it's like the roommate in your head. I think it was that book, the untethered soul that talks about that. It's the roommate in your head. It's not you. It's, it's, it's an old belief or societal pressure or something you're just seeing in your vision and you're creating this, this, this reality. Right. So when I, when I move it out, I, I let it float away. I, I maybe use an element of fire to visually burn it. Mm. And no matter what we're doing, if we do it from a place of love, knowing that we need to release this with love, then it tends to stay away energetically a little better than if you're doing it with anger and being like, F off, get out of here, you know? So if you do it with love, it seems to work a little bit better for me, at least.
1: You know, it's interesting. And then feel free for anybody who wants to chime in here, because I think this is a great time to talk about ritual, you know, like we got this one, this herbs of love, you know, this, you know, creating this potpourri recipe for warmth, you know, community. But there's also rituals that we can create for limiting beliefs. You know, like she's mentioning like a fire ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, my neighbor, she's also very spiritual. She's, you know, decluttering her house right now. And she's gathering all of these photos. And she's like, do you want to join me in the fire ceremony? You want to burn some stuff? <laughs> she's like, my, my mom's lo- uh, loaning me her fire pit, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's so cool, you know. So like I think that physical act of like that routine or that ru- that ritual that literally disintegrates it, um mm-hmm. whatever that might be, you know, um a lot of people they do fire ceremonies, they could um you know, you know, do a little prayer for it, they could, you know, whatever those elements are and I think it was you Allison that mentioned um the four elements which was water um uh wood fire and, um, was it plants Were those, the four? So I'm wondering we could even bury it. Like I have had um, Mm -hmm. rituals where it's like, you, maybe you write out the thing that you want to let go of and maybe instead of burning it, just bury it in your backyard next to Mm -hmm. a tree, you know? So there, it, it seems silly, but again, like when I was first talking about how the misnomer around this word magic, but if you really think about it, like magic is about, you know, taking something and, turning it into something else and i think when you actually do like a physical ritual of some sort it's it's intentional you know and it is it is divine so i don't know if there's any other extra thoughts you want to share on that or if you have any rituals you want to share
2: yeah absolutely um it, it is like Coley said it's not a one size or one step you gotta you gotta do things maybe in layers so In my coaching and my healing practice, we do things in layers. We find the limiting belief and we might talk through it and do some um, hypnosis to help release that limiting belief. But then the homework might be to go home, write that limiting belief down on a piece of paper, burn it, put it in the river, put it through the air, whatever it is. To um, just layer it up and make it more magical. And the most magic I've ever seen are through ceremonies like fire ceremonies and water ceremonies and breathwork ceremonies. So using those elements of fire, water, air and earth have been the most profound, profound in, in my coaching and my healing practice.
1: So cool. I don't know whose ritual this was, but I remember, I think I saved it on my YouTube channel and YouTube is a great place for anybody who's listening, who's looking for like, okay, I want to do a water ritual to release a limiting belief. There was this one really cool um, ritual, which I did do. And I just, I'll quickly just share it. It was taking two cups of water you know most of you guys probably know dr emoto about how water has vibration and if it has a negative vibration it's like not crystallized in a very beautiful way it almost has like a very distorted look to it so taking let's say you put that glass of water and you wrote the limiting belief or the the, the little devil that just you want to get rid of right on and you posted it on to like maybe a little post it on that drink of water okay I want to let go of this maybe it's a toxic relationship maybe it's just that I don't know that you pick your nails or something I don't know whatever it ends up being okay then the second glass of water you um write down what you would replace it with like the positive thing I'm going to do this instead or blah 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 right Mm -hmm. then you do like a little prayer or whatever and then you pour The negative negative one into the positive one and then you drink it and somehow that like is dissolving so it's again it's it seems very metaphorical but i feel like we live in a world of metaphors and if you really think about you know even just cleaning cleaning your space like that's tidying the mind so I feel like, as silly as you know, magic might seem to some people, it's it's just a metaphor almost. If you just want to get down to the the layman's terms of it, um, but really, I mean, watch your life change. Just do one. Just try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that I thought that was a really cool ritual. And again, I, it's not mine. Somebody on somebody on YouTube. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So um. Uh, I will get back to you because I do want to talk more about your body work and your mediumship. I think that's so cool, but we'll do a little bit more in the um, spiritual jeopardy. So thank you for sharing, yeah, Paula. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to go to you, Vicky, because I'm going to talk about love. I want to talk about that. And then I'm going to go to you, Brittany. We're going to talk about like, let's make it pretty and like, let's feel amazing. And then we will go to you, um, Chelsea, because... After you've kind of worked on yourself and you've kind of got like your relationships in order, and it doesn't mean that you have to like be in a divine relationship in order to start a business, but I feel like to start a business, I think you do have to feel good. You know, you have to, you know, be in the highest vibration, especially if you're going to be leading a movement and really uh, stepping into your soul's purpose. So let me go to you, Vicky. And let's talk about divine relationships, because I know a little bit about what you and your partner are doing. And I know you enrolled or came to the 5D workshop that I hosted, which was amazing and really talking about divine mission when you are with a soul partner. So let's talk a little bit about um, what is a, you know, a soul connection? What is your definition of that?
2: Oh my
6: gosh. Okay. Well that's like a really big question because soul connection, like I just mentioned earlier, we all have connections at a subatomic level because we exist in the quantum field, like that science. So quantum entanglement is the term that we speak of when we are connected on that level. So all of us can be connected on that level, whether, it is, whether it's mutually beneficial or not. Soul connection, when we talk about the divine counterparts, is that what you're kind of teasing out here it can happen romantically or not and i think that when we come together at a certain level of intimacy i teach about the seven levels of or the seven dimensions of intimacy um, can i riff on a quick, quick, quick call yes ask? please root chakra we feel safe with people when we rise up into the sacral chakra we can be sentient and have sensuality as being part of that experience Solar plexus, gut instincts, all of a sudden, we know whether we can feel vulnerable with that person or not, because our body says, yeah, you're okay to keep moving. Heart chakra, empathic intuition. At this level, we can come to lovingly accept one another. So to see how all these dimensions allow us to like have a greater, more expansive experience, throat chakra, clear audience, telepathy, um, telepathy kicks in at this point, and then we are able to access harmony with one another. Third eye chakra, clairvoyance, is our intuitive faculty here. At this point, we can actually recognize one another for our own uh, soul purpose, but also a shared purpose that we have. Clear cognizance, crown chakra, at this point, the level of intimacy that we can get here is like you're fulfilling your mission as either, either two people or many people together. So that's like a really quick rundown as to all the dimensions of intimacy that we can access. And I believe we can have a soul connection on all of them. We can also have a sexual connection on all of them, but not necessarily so. So when it comes to soul connection, I think at this point, we are actually aware of it. Mm because we've worked through all those other layers of opening ourselves up. And now we can actually understand that and then start to act in alignment in accordance to our shared purpose.
1: It's so fascinating, especially for our listeners who maybe are unfamiliar with the chakra system, but you know, the root chakra, I feel like so many people um, in this 3d world are living um, in a, in a place of trying to find security. You know, I feel like women You know, if you're a heterosexual, you've always been taught to like find the man that's going to like, you know, support you and like, you know, this old paradigm, Um, you know, to me, there's really no such thing as security. Anything could be taken from you. Somebody could pass away. It's not really about financial, but I feel like a lot of people are still in that root chakra energy. And I just, I hear it even just from my girlfriends who are single and it's like same dude, different job, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like, they're still living in this like fear-based um, you know, trying to just not they're not secure in who they are. So we think about, you know, the idea or this fantasy that I want to be with a soulmate. And like, I think, you know, all of us have this, you know, deep desire to have that soul connection. But the better question is, have you done the work in order to be able to know when it shows up? And have you, you know, work through the, the gut? You know, I think everything below the heart, it's like, it's going to be probably really difficult to sustain the soul connection you know it might go through this drama so what are your thoughts on
6: that mm. okay so primal instincts by the way are the things that help us to access that base level of intimacy so if your primal instincts are looking for sex for procreation purposes <laughs> survival of the species um if you're looking at i need to make sure that i have a roof over my head i need to make sure that i'm safe and not being traumatized by this relationship or abused is my life being threatened okay we're good there once you get to that point then you can rise up into the sacral chakra and i wonder if ascension kind of happens in this way as well i know that as we are ascending simultaneously we are descending as this kundalini rising so let me just retrain my question that i was trying to answer in my brain like
1: rewire that
6: connection Oh, well, the remind
1: sacral, me. Yeah. So sacral is like the sensuality and then we move into the gut, which is the solar plexus. I'm just trying to That's piece some words in to help you.
6: <laughs> Thank you.
1: I believe that many traditional
6: relationships, once they have that safety thing in there and they're surviving and they're okay, their primal instincts are having their basic needs being met. I wonder if a huge percentage of people just are satisfied with that and they stay there. See so you guys nodding your head. If we wanna have like a real turned on experience, even if it's just like you and I, or us group here as friends, and we go out and have an amazing meal together, we're like tantalizing our taste buds with wine or (laughs) beautiful food. We might go to a spa afterwards, afterwards and dip our feet, have juicy conversations about all the amazing holistic fashionista topics. (laughs) We can get totally turned on with one another and thrive in friendship at that level. Some couples do as well. Getting up into this next stage, like um, solar plexus, it takes a lot of courage to get there. Mm -hmm. So as we are ascending, we are yearning for more of these experiences. So it's like waking up to these levels. And once these basic needs are being met, then we can start to really optimize our experience and our relationships, romantic or not.
1: I love it. I know we've got to do the work, you know, we, yeah. we say we want these things, but you know, is our environment clean? Like, you know, is our, Prime you know, sticks. is our medicine cabinet clean? Like, how's the mind doing? How we cleaned out that junk, you know? And it's like, we, we think, I feel like everybody's just, again, trying to skip steps, you know, like they're trying mm. to get to, you know, they join the dating app you know and like nine out of times they're not even ready for what they said that they're ready for you know they want it like cognitively but then maybe the little gremlin shows up you know mm-hmm. maybe like it lasted for a month and they're like i don't know like because again i think that what you're saying is like these these chakras you know they've maybe only done a little bit of unblocking of these um lower chakras and not so much of the higher ones. So, you know, we're in this, you know, the fact that we even have this information so readily available, you know, not just through the Empress Festival, but just through books and stuff. And just seeing this through a new light. I mean, it doesn't even matter where you are, but doesn't it feel good? Like I, when I listening to you talk, I'm like, oh yeah, like that, that, that makes sense. Like, you know, on a spiritual right. level, on a cognitive level, on a psychic level, all those levels. Yeah. And so I think that's the goal here is to inspire people to think about things in a new way, which is the age of Aquarius. The age of Aquarius mm. is about like, I always say, you know, whatever you want, the weirder, the better, you know, like if you want to start a business and you think no one's going to buy it, just the weirder, the better, because the more that we can expand people's mind, right open them up to like you know instead of this you know they'd be able to see in the peripheral you know mm-hmm. and then when that happens like the judgment kind of stops because you realize the reality is way bigger than your reality like i always say that everybody's reality is true it's true to them so who are we to say that it's not true you know so anyway, um, what else can you share with us about relationships? And because um, I think of the, a lot of us, um, we might be in divine counterpart relationships, but maybe we haven't gone all the way through up into the crown where it's like this divine I'm mission. Recognize and now- it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
6: Okay. Um, I want to start with what Alison had mentioned and where you had beautifully kind of navigated this whole conversation starting there at this very base physical environment, when we are in not just safety there, but if we are feeling like there's a place for us to belong, that's the first point almost to raising our vibrations. People say, oh, look after your upper chakras, raise your vibrations there. But if this is a AWOL, you're not even going to be able to get up there necessarily or at least have it be sustainable. So your home environment and your physical body, which what we all are talking about and Koli definitely went into that deeply is these have got to be right in order for you to be able to be engaged in relationship at the highest vibration that you are capable of doing. We shift vibrational states moment to moment every day. So whatever we can do to raise our vibration, if that's cleaning out your clutter drawer or making sure that your hairdryer drawer has just got your hairdryer in it and maybe a brush, a clean one. right Alison was saying when you go out into the world you feel more confident you feel more in integrity with yourself I'm kind of making up words here too Alison you're nodding your head this is true yeah when you are in relationship and you can be at that level of integrity with yourself knowing you've bothered to clean your car that week it might be completely indirectly linked but it is not, it all matters. Mm-hmm. When I'm able to say to myself, you know what? I choose not to put all those toxins into my body this week or forever. It's raising my vibration. Not only is my current partner going to be like, oh, there's a new vibe you got going on. I might meet that or it challenges me. I'm gonna to have to deselect myself on that situation. Look at me, I'm getting all hot because we're all summarized here. <laughs> When we shift vibration together, even if there's a leapfrog happening, we can get to those next levels of intimacy. Yeah, I think I've kind of rounded it all up there. Did
1: I guys? Is that kind of... Yeah. Well, what I just heard is that as you raise your vibration, as you open up these other chakras, you might trigger you know, because people like you, I always say, like, don't lower your vibration to be in a relationship, you know, have them come meet you, you know, so either you're going to keep growing together, or eventually the relationship is probably not going to be sustainable. So I do feel like, you know, I think that also goes back to that root chakra of fear, you know, like, I don't want to lose my partner, but it's also like, but are you willing to sacrifice yourself and your own spiritual growth, you know, to stay in a relationship when you want to, Feel better, you wanna look better, you wanna you know, have a more intimate experience with your partner. So, um mm-hmm. I think there's a whole other topic there to explore, know, right? but could, um,
6: keep cat on this a little bit but
1: I mean, it's, it's pretty big, you know, it's pretty big that, um, you know, we're in a place now where, you know, people are changing their mind about what a relationship is to them. You know, not everybody wants to get married. Not everybody wants to have children. Um, Mm. people are kind of going their own way. And, um, I think it's really beautiful to see the world shift, um, into a a state of, of accepting that not everybody is going to be right for you right now. And it's not personal. I think especially women, I I feel like when things don't work out, it's somehow like we've made it our fault, like so for, I don't know, hundreds of years or whatever, Um, trying to keep that family dynamic together. Um, But things are changing. And I think once you do things from your soul and you do like do these, all these tips that everybody's sharing today, you're just gonna find like the real you, you know, the true you that's been hiding under all these layers of fear.
6: And if you deny that, the dark night of the soul kind of like lingers. You know, you want to move through that ascension process more swiftly and with more
1: grace. Yeah, I am definitely going to be adding, I want to talk about the dark night of the soul, but we'll do that in spiritual jeopardy um, because that's something I think people have heard of it. Um, they don't know, they, they might not know if they ha- are experiencing it. So we'll get into that. But I thank you for bringing that up because I think at this point of where we're going on this journey today, it's like, I feel very strongly that until you have that dark night of the soul, you know, and kind of that tower moment, if you will, in the tarot of letting things kind of crumble and, and, and almost like being okay with the change, like change is inevitable in life. And the more that we can accept those tower moments as part of the process, you know, how, you know, what's the saying in, in like, um, you know, like make up sex, you know, like you like get this, you know, f- in this big fight and then, you know, you work things out and then you have, you know, you have this new level of understanding. You, you start to change the sh- and shift the dynamic, hopefully. Um, anyway, silly metaphor, but you get my point.
6: <laughs> yeah, totally. I think if you put in the dark night of soul into the context of relationship, it's the same as feeling like your heart has been shattered into a billion pieces and you just don't know what to do with all the pieces, but mm. so you've got an opportunity to start again. game. Yeah.
1: yeah, cool. Awesome. Okay, well, let me go to Brittany here. Thank you so much for sharing, Vicky. I'll be back. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and talk some fashionista stuff, which really we haven't done much on the Empress Festival, but we've got an amazing jewelry designer here. And I love that you call yourself a jewelry artist. I know you use crystals, magic, things like that. So what got you started on this path, Brittany? Um, and how has it transformed your life? Just from a standpoint of working with crystals and just having a beautiful stack on your necklace on your neck.
4: <laughs> Thank you. I, I just love crystals. I've been drawn to creating and crystals ever since I was a little girl. Um, yeah, I just, I started my business in 2005 and I just sort of fell into place. I found my passion I love it. It's, I, I put my, you know, heart and soul into everything I do. I feel really blessed. Um, I, I started a goldsmith apprenticeship in um, 2007. And everything has just been kind of like mysteriously, serendipitously aligned since the beginning. Um, I started, so I Tell Treasures is the name of my business, and when I met the goldsmith that I apprenticed under, I was sitting on a blanket at the Oregon Country Fair, just totally hippie style, selling all my creations, and this guy came up to me and said, he started picking up the jewelry and asking me about the gems, and um, he asked, what are my goals, where do I see myself going, and... How am I going to further this, you know, passion of mine? And I just poured my heart out to him. I was like, I want to be a goldsmith. I would love to apprentice under a jeweler or go to jewelry school somehow to further my my knowledge and my passion. And he hands me his card and says, you should call me and then just walked away. And we had the same business name, I-Tall Lambertini, and I was I-Tall Treasures.
2: Wow. So this
4: was like two years after just starting to like wire wrap and geek out with gems and crystals. And I just, I was so drawn to this like direct divine alignment and this connection. So I moved from California up to Washington and started doing the Goldsmith Apprenticeship. And then had my first baby in Washington. Um, Long story short, we, you know, ended up back here in California. And I've just been doing this goldsmith crystal geeking out for the last like 12 years or so. I love it. I just, I think everything is a blessing and a gift. And creation for me is how I stay sane. The more I work, the more I'm in my flow and in that, you know, sweet space of, um, you know, where I'm my best. I am my higher self when I create and I give back and I'm, I'm, I love that like, we all have something different in our brain. We all have so, so much to share and so much that's in us that comes out differently. So I'm inspired by other artists, other jewelry, you know goldsmiths and everyone that is sharing i get i get inspired
1: okay so here's my question for you to the people out there that you know think that they can't make money from their art because again another 3d paradigm that needs to go take a walk and a lot of people you know especially in the i mean i think the jewelry business is probably one of the most competitive businesses that can probably exist. There's like a million jewelry lines. So, so what is your, what's that? So popular right now. So popular. So what is your advice to someone that's like, I want to do my own thing. You know, I want to start this business, but like, I don't know, I don't have enough money or, you know, it's like, I, who am I to do this? Or, you know, it's too saturated, you know, that all the excuses that the monkey mind, right. We got to make some humor and, go light something on fire and tell it to go if it's off. (laughs) But what did, what would you give? What advice would you give to this person who really feels
4: passionate? Like you were, I love this question. My advice, um, let go and don't try. Mm. That's how I started. My business was I loved it enough. It was, it's not, it was never about making money. I just completely love it. I'm putting my heart and soul into it. And that is why people were so receptive. That's, why that's how I grew I was never trying to sell jewelry I was creating you know and I so I think if you let go and you're not you're just you're just doing what you love and you just you know you're putting out there what you know what's in your heart I think that that's how it started for me and that's how it worked for me and it's it's really it kind of, it rings true to me still to this day because if I'm ever going into that place of like needing money and like trying to hustle jewelry i mean yeah there's a certain level of like putting that intention out there and that law of attraction of you know needing to sell your art but it has to be for the right the right purpose and so to let go just love what you're doing love what you're doing
1: And how many, I mean, there's probably, I would say the most people who are following their soul's divine work um, and their purpose, they would say the same thing. And it's one of those things where it's like we get in our own way. We automatically, the second we say, I wanna make this my business and I wanna make this much money, somehow it almost like stops the flow. You know, Mm -hmm. it like literally like puts a roadblock in front of you. And, you know, I think, you know, staying in alignment and staying in the vibration is probably the better word here. Staying in the vibration of like this is what I love to do. Um, you know, they, they always say if you love what you do, the money will come. You know, and obviously there's other steps and things that need to happen in between there. But I think energy. You know, I think your energy around what you're start what you've started, carries you. You know, if you sure. if you start something off by copying someone else, it's it's going to carry that energy, you know, with it. And you might wake up one day and be like, I don't even want this business. This isn't even the business I wanted, you know, because again, it started with a vibration. So I think, you know, if we were gonna dwindle this down, you know, like exactly like what's the key? It's like, you know, what do you love to do so much that you would do it for free? And that also seems cliche, but, you know, at the end of the day, if your energy says, I love it, you know, they, uh, this is another good example with, especially with jewelry or anything that's a physical product. Like when you love what you sell. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be a service too, but I just think about, you know, having an Instagram and actually like, like you're wearing all of your jewelry. That's authentic. Like you love, you don't just love the making the money of the jewelry. Like you love your jewelry, like you're wearing your jewelry. So Mm -hmm. that in itself is a vibration. Like if you use your own products, and showing that you're using a product that has an energy around it. And I think people, you know, that are maybe struggling in their businesses, especially for, you know, physical products, it's like, are you showing that you're using your own product? You totally. know, I, I think that like alone, you know, so service-based businesses, which I know we're going to be picking Chelsea's brand in here in a minute. Um, but I'm, I'm just so happy to know that when you put something intentional out there, again, we'll talk about quantum quantum physics and all that stuff in, in just a minute here when we get to spiritual jeopardy, but we are, you know, con- connecting the dots. Like you met that guy who had like the same business name. That was not coincidental. That was the universe, you know, giving you the handout that because of your vibration. So what is your, what is your take on that? Like what, 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 what went through your mind when this guy who had like the same business name and then offered you this apprenticeship, like what, what, were you, what was going
4: through your mind at that time? I was completely elated. I was totally shocked. Um, I had actually met my husband two months before that, and we had just kind of started like reaching out to each other. We hadn't really like hung out and connected, but we met through mutual friends and we had started sort of connecting the dots and um, when I actually went and we hung out and we were you know getting a little closer. I was like, I love you, but I'm moving two states away. I'm going to do this apprenticeship. And, you know, it just, it fell into place. Um, I felt so many just, yes, this is divine alignment. This is meant to be. I just, you know, I was super stoked. I was grateful. I was kind of tripped out, but that's not really the first thing um, that is like spooky alignment that has happened for me in life. So I just, I just keep like just. You know, let it come to me, just flowing with it. And it was what? like magic right in front of my eyes. I was like, I mean, his, literally, his card was like these hammered gold rings and stuff that I it was in my mind that I wanted to make this stuff. And then this gentleman hands me this card, and it's like, you know, this old world jewelry, exactly the stuff I'm making now. Although he's he like a master goldsmith, he's like really good. I could learn a lot from him still. So, um, yeah, it was really a beautiful gift. It was a gift. And I was isn't it interesting that you met
1: your partner two months before now that to me doesn't feel like a coincidence because you were already in the vibration of abundance. You're already radiating that. So I feel like when you're like, when all the chakras are open, when your mind is clear, when you've cleaned out your body, you cleaned out your environment, like you become a magnet to all of the things that you want. It's yeah. like, and that, that they say like, you know, uh, when it rains, it pours, you know, that, that saying, because once you're like in the vibration, you're like, well, you're like, why is she so lucky? Because she's in the vibration. She has the relationship that she wants. She's got the house that she wants. She's got the job that she wants. And like, but that takes work. Like, I mean, cleaning out your medicine cabinet, like, you know, making the hard decision to get divorced. Like they they're making that it's not like people always say like, Oh, she was an instant success. No, you don't know all the things that they had to go to get where they are today. And it could have been even from childhood trauma that they've been overcoming. So it's, it's very linear in some way. Like it's literally like, start the path, start the spiritual path of cleaning out the mind, body, and spirit and like the doors of opportunity. I call them keys. Um, They just, here's a key to a door. Well, thanks. And here's another key. And then, and that's the other thing. When I think about the spiritual path, you know, we're taught in the 3d that we have to plan it all out, right? We got to go to good, get good grades, go to good college, you know, then we get married and get the good job. And it's all like, whatever, But, you know, that's like a plan. Like, it's all like, let me, this is what it looks like. But really in the spiritual path, what I found is that it's one key at a time, you know, like, oh, I'm going to open that key and then I'm going to open the door and i walk in. Oh, what's Mm -hmm. going on up in here? You know, and then you're like, then you adjust, right? Oh, I just learned about essential oils. Okay. I just opened that door and then you open the neck and then they get another key. Oh shit. I just learned about. Oh gosh, I gotta shui in my house. Oh, I don't have any water element in my house. Oh shit! Then you get another key, you know. And it's like, well, look at that little hottie over there. He's checking me out, you know. So it's like all these doors start
4: opening, and it, like you're literally playing with the dance of the of the divine. I love it. It's so true because everything's connected. We all and I, someone else said something about a piece to the puzzle. I think it was Paula. Am I saying? Am I remembering the right name here? Well. I I've resonated with everything that everyone has said. I love doTERRA. I love everything that everyone's talking about and yeah, it just that really made sense to me because I feel like we all do have a little bit something different to bring to the table. We all have a piece of this little life puzzle. And you know, so yeah, like you said, you open the door to the next little like, you know, activation something that you didn't know before and maybe you kind of already knew it but it brought new light to a different you know part of it and this is just so cool yeah. yeah it's
1: like when you read a book you know you read a book and you're like oh I've already read that book well when's the last time you read it oh like 10 years ago well don't you think you get something different out of it if you read it today you know, it's like, cause we're only going to see, we're only going to get keys to the things that we're ready to see then, you know? And so we're always going to have a different experience as we elevate. We're going to see relationships in a new way. We're going to see diet in a new way. We're going to see our careers in a new way, all these things. Anyway, I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm just like trying to, for the audience that's listening, it's like, it really doesn't matter what, where you are in the spiritual path. There's always new keys. It's an infinite door And it never ends, you know, until, you know, we cross over and then we go and we figure out the the next lessons that we're here to learn. So thank you so much for sharing that, um, Brittany. I'm going to come back when we come back to Spiritual Jeopardy and we'll get more from you. So thank you so much. And let's go to Chelsea. And how perfect, first of all. How perfect was the segue? I did not know that Brittany was going to like start talking about like her business in that way. And now we're segwaying into soul's purpose and really thriving our businesses to be of service to other people, to mankind. So let's get into it, Chelsea. Tell us a little bit more about the process of what it was for you when
3: you discovered your soul's work. Cool. I want to talk first about one of the things that you said about even, like you said, the way of doing business, if you do it intuitively and you go based on how you feel things or the cards that you pull, it's funny how things always fall into place. Like the perfect full rounded conversation happens, right? So I use tarot on a daily basis. I probably pull a card like 50 times a day just to reflect and see, hey, what's really going on on the underneath layer of this decision I'm gonna make or this thought that I'm having. So. Um, When you talked about even the order of things, one thing that I do want to challenge you on is that the way that I teach building your business from your sole purposes, which are these three activities that make you feel the most like you. And we go through a process of trying to figure out what those things are because sometimes they are very conceptualized like, oh, maybe I haven't painted in three years. But I feel like maybe my sole purpose. One of them is painting. So now I have to go do it and see what it feels like in my body and see see if that's real for me if it really does make me feel the most like me when I do it. Okay, but When you build a business from these things, the whole purpose is that your business has to be a self-healing vehicle in order for you to be of the truest service to other people. Otherwise, you are still compartmentalizing yourself and draining yourself in some way to be something over here and then having to isolate yourself to have to heal yourself. So the thing I want to tell everybody out there who's listening, the thing that I always used to think was that I had to heal myself before I went and did anything for any other person. So I would go through this, and you guys are probably going through it hardcore this year, so many empaths are, this manic depressive cycle, like big and small, daily to, you know, six weeks in length where you're isolating yourself to try to, like, Really get all of your energy back from being overstimulated and overexposing yourself to so many things going on. And we as empaths just have different needs than the average human. The only reason that we're different and we have to build our lives and our businesses differently is because we have the dial turned up on stuff that all of humanity is somehow ignoring or dissociating from. It's not that they don't feel it. Everybody feels emotions, and they don't always understand it's coming from, I worked a 40-hour week, and I'm only designed to do 25 hours in this way, right? They just don't problem solve that way. They continue this tradition of this, like, industrial-era compartmentalized job, hobbies, vacation, and all of these weird things. We as empaths are here to bring a revolution of togetherness, which means how do we, how do we have true intimacy with other people? if we don't act through what feels true for us, which are those three activities, and if we don't then have enough time to have our emotions, right? How many of you guys have had, like, had a job where you can't like cry because you know you're gonna have to be on with someone, right? Or something's gonna happen, so you wait to like go to the bathroom for 12 hours. It's not okay. We just don't live in a society that is supporting people on a biological level yet, And we are here to change that. So when you talk about the way that I got started on all of this is really noticing how badly (laughs) I was doing that manic depressive cycle of denying my emotions, hoping all of my spiritual experiences would go away. When I was 12 on September 11th, um, I started seeing people who had passed away for the first time standing in my doorway. Uh, and I also got my first period that day, too, so when uh, Vicki and you were talking about sacral being that awakening and that clear sentient, yeah, that's where we start to feel the world and we start to take in the information of emotions. So when I was going through all this stuff through life, I really grew up in Sterling Heights, Michigan. It's a very, like, work hard, blue-collared, Midwestern town, and my family was definitely the spiritual, creative outliers So I had sanctuary with them, but I just wanted so badly to be like everybody else. I was hoping that all of the stuff was just like unprogrammable, like you just take it away somehow. I wasn't gonna see uh, energy coming out of people's faces or um, people who had passed away in historical locations or um, hear thoughts that that I would say out loud and people would be like, how do you know that? Um, Or they would come to me two weeks later and say, Um, that thing that you said just happened. Did you like, I'm like, no, I just, just came to me. So anybody who can relate to this, first of all, just know that you're not crazy. And second of all, know that there is a particular design for those of us who are highly sensitive. If we don't start to live that and accept money for the things that do feel the most natural for us on a bigger scale, this world will never change, right? We're standing in the way of it being a peaceful place if we don't access our inner peace first by laying out our life so that we can live peacefully, which for us means like, I can't, I'm like 70% introverted. So um, I don't want to be around constant noise and stimulation. When I do socialize, it's usually over a cup of tea, you know, in a certain way, I can do concerts, kind of, you know, there's things that like, just make me feel good. And being able to identify those things as an empath is really important, so. Okay, so, okay, so how, wait, how did you come to,
1: to build your soul's purpose and build a business around it?
3: Like, yeah, so what, like, when, I, when I went through kind of hiding all of my abilities and working in bars, like the most stimulating environment you can work in, um, after art school, I decided that finally I hit my point of no return. And I'm like, I'm gonna, you know, I always wanted to work for myself. I tried being a graphic designer, all of you guys out there who've had a million jobs and you feel self-conscious about, well, I did this and then I did this and then I did this. And your family's like, I don't know what's going on with you. That was kind of my experience in my twenties. I bopped around at different restaurants. I tried to freelance all of these different things and none of them were super genuine to who I was. So when I finally hit the wall, Um, I had started taking tarot classes in December, um, January of 2016 after kind of like a suicidal break of like, I'm making all this money at the bar. I'm not doing my art. um, I have my life together by all means, but it doesn't mean anything to me. So dove headfirst into just coming out of the spiritual closet, taking tarot classes, which really grounded my abilities for me and created a business from there and when i started opening up what was really true for me it was that i noticed when i would sit in the psychic shop that i worked at at the time and i would start drawing in between appointments all of a sudden i would get clients i would have people come in and so i noticed that there started to be more of this magnetic quality around combining the activities that made me feel the most like me mm-hmm. tarot was a gateway for my number one sole purpose which is being able to talk about ghosts angels grief and these taboo kind of subjects on spirituality. So when I started to realize that I could triangulate my stuff to make something super innovative, that's when I realized too that other empaths needed this. So the past year and a half has been you know, going through and creating kind of these businesses side by side where I teach people how to do the thing And I also do the thing and the the business that teaches people MPA's how to do this um, and create a business that does generate That six figure mark, uh, which is really important for us to overcome that money block. Like you said Uh, That one took off the most. So I'm just now circling back again after about a year and a half to putting a lot more energy into my sole purpose business. Um, But it's been a really cool journey. So
1: So, well, what I was hearing as I was taking a little bit of notes um, and for everyone who's out there, because I do think like she's making an interesting assessment here because even the jobs that we feel like, oh, I don't like, I don't see how me being a receptionist when I was, you know, in high school had anything to do with my soul's purpose. But, you know, we are accumulating um, skills and things that you know, that we're good at, you know, in this case, in astrology, it's called your south node, things that you're just naturally good at. Doesn't mean that you're meant to do that for the rest of your life, but it's something that you're naturally gifted at versus the north node, which is your challenge. You know, the thing that's going to push you, you know, to your destiny, to your soul's work. So it's interesting if we actually were, and I have this little exercise in one of my programs, it's called Signature System, where you have a circle and you just write down everything that you love to do. Um, And it it literally could be like bathing your dog. Okay. It doesn't even matter. It's just everything that you love to do. And then from there, you create three separate circles. So actually we could just do a fun little exercise because I bet every single one of you probably could say that this is what's happened and how you kind of came to discover the soul's purpose. So it looks like this. You know and you guys have three stars so everything you love goes in this circle okay and then this circle is going to be called your signature system so that would be um the actual process that you take your clients through to help them solve a problem so that'll be your signature system and then the middle one would be what i call your kismet client and then the last one is going to be your personal brand so what you would do is you would take, after you do the big one, then you're going to start extracting which one goes in which of these bubbles. Now you can have overlapping, like, let's say you have, like, I love dogs, you know, well, you know, you maybe, it might not be part of your signature system, but it could be part of your uh, personal brand and it could be part of your kismet client. Maybe your kismet client has dogs, you know, maybe your personal brand, you're going to post pictures of your dog. So what I'm hearing from Chelsea is that she's taken you know, what she learned about herself in the bar, right. That she was an introverted, extroverted, um, you know, started to feel things very deeply, all these things, but they're all part of like, you know, things that she probably loved. Maybe there was a time, maybe she was a bartender for, because she did like to be around a certain kind of music or a certain type of energy. Maybe there was it invigorated her in some way. I mean, only she can answer that. But I'm just saying we have jobs because we're good at something. We could have been a people person. Maybe she was really good at measuring, you know, making amazing cocktails. Who knows what it was? But it was all part of this makeup, you know, this whole thing, which I call signature system. So your soul's work. That's why I always say the weirder, the better. Because it's a it's a blueprint of you. Like no one's going to have your business. They might sell DeTerra essential oils like Coley, but Coley has, you know, five star seed children, you know, maybe this person over here who doesn't, you know, so you're always going to have this like different makeup. And it's really like these three bubbles are really going to differentiate yourself. So... I'm seeing it all with everybody here like you're all doing it in your own unique way and I think that's the beauty of the age of Aquarius everybody here is a master teacher even if you don't know what you're what you're teaching yet every I truly believe every soul came here with a purpose you know it is that north node it's your midhaven it's your rising sign it's there's so much stuff in your astrological birth chart and once you tap into it, and it starts to feel natural. Like Brittany was saying, like she got a key and then she opened a next key and then the next thing showed up. And so all these things start to unravel. So I feel like a lot of people out there are like, they want to know what their purpose is, but your purpose, I feel like it's unfolding and it's, it's, it's something that you you try on things and then you make adjustments you refine it you refine it you refine it until it comes becomes like so eloquent you know in in your dna like it's like there's no way not to do what you do it's actually physically impossible and i feel and i think this is where chelsea was you know going correct me if i'm wrong but that's when the money shows up you know it's in that unique system or that unique blueprint that makes you, you. And I think that's when people are like, I want to learn what she has to teach because I've never heard it taught that way. I've never heard it being communicated that way. It has, it feels vibrationally like I like her energy or whatever it is. And that is a really beautiful, that's a sweet spot to be in. So is there anything you want to add Chelsea? I'm just trying to articulate what you were just
3: saying. Yeah, I think that it's important that people know, especially in the spiritual realm, that money is not bad and that it will make us more powerful humans able to show people a different way of life because we get to live it, right? We have more physical resources for our human body. There's there's a lot of shaming about money in the spiritual realm, especially when I was working in tarot. And, you know, there's a lot of tension about using your gifts and, and feeling shame for accepting money. So if you're in that state of being, Just know that you're probably, even though you feel like you're with your spiritual people, you might not be with your soul family 100% yet because the people that want to see you empowered as a human also want to see you empowered as a spiritual being and will understand you um, or at least respect you on both levels. So when you're talking about creating that life, I have a very specific formula that I teach uh, for manifesting money. You have to reverse engineer yourself in every area of life, for it to be the most true to you business and life. So if you're real with yourself, right, and um, the most inspiring life this year includes traveling to Bali, and that costs $8,000, great, well, we have to build a business around all of the costs that would actually be an exciting life for you in the year ahead, right? Otherwise, and then we price everything in your business that way. Otherwise, we are going to create something that is very conceptualized and way out there, not attached to this emotional connection that you deserve an inspired expanded experience in life. So taking everything that is spiritual, that is kind of heading up here into the tangible is really my specialty because I always wanted to figure out, even when I taught tarot and I taught psychic classes, I'm like, how does this work for me? How does being psychic work? How does um, your soul purpose work? And if you're a spiritual person, know that there are three activities that don't really change that much except to deepen a little bit over your life that will make you feel the most like you. And they probably started earlier in childhood. And some of that stress or like in my story, right, wanting to hide because everybody around me in this community was not um, understanding me or gonna support my vision. They probably were gonna think that I was, um, you know, sick in some way, right? If if you come from a background where you had any taboo around, which is why I liked working in bars, I'll answer that question, because um, there's so much taboo stuff that comes to the surface when people drink. I like being in places where people can say and be the thing that they really feel and they actually feel permission for it. I've now transitioned to a part in life where I make that a healthy thing, not like an indulgent thing. Um, so I'm not, you know, feeding people drinks so that they can say that they love someone or have sex with a person that they actually want to have sex with, even though they're married, all the crazy shit that you hear when you're a tarot reader too, you get a real insight into people's lives. But just going back to what I was saying, know that if you're a spiritual person and you have like a million different ideas every day, you're channeling creation for the collective, but you as a human physical body there's gonna be those three grounded activities that make you feel like you. And those are the things that you need to be serving humanity through. And those are the things that you need to do on a daily basis. Start to receive more of the good stuff like money and soul family and living situations that feel amazing instead of just receiving the pain of the world. Because we know we're all good at that. As MPAS, and that is old, like old story, old paradigm, you know? No more carrying the pain of the world. We're not here to sacrifice ourselves. We're not here to like diminish into unworthiness. We're really here to show people and walk through the streets, literally, uh, having our emotions, saying the truth when it's true in the moment, right? And being able to do these creative and intuitive things out in the open so other people feel permission to be themselves too. So, yeah.
1: Great. Thank you so much. This is okay. So now that we've painted a picture, right, we've really painted a picture of mind, body, spirit, talked about relationships, talked about soul's work. So I want to now like dive into some of the vocabulary. Um, And this is, there's no right or wrong answer. Okay. So this is your interpretation, your intuitive interpretation. I'm going to go around to everybody. We've got about a good 15 minutes left um, before we wrap up today's festival. And I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start with you, Allison. And what is your definition of the dark night of the soul? Ooh, okay, so
0: my experience was um I s- friends started falling away. Um My energy was down. I started to question everything. I looked at everything differently. Um, Like what was fun was no longer fun. Mm -hmm. And it kind of was triggered. I had met a twin flame, uh, which I won't get into, but that kind of triggered something. And I also had done hypnotherapy. And so I'd worked through some of my childhood trauma and I just became wide awake. But at the same time, I was so open that I started seeing things, um, not through fear, but just through, I don't know. I just had a different lens and I didn't, I, I just, I had to go deep and I went into hermit mode for a year and a half, two years and I used to be very social and no longer did I want to do small conversations with people. I wanted everything to have a meaning and everything to be purposeful, every relationship, anything I did, my thoughts. And I started speaking truth and I noticed as I changed how other people didn't quite know who I was and I wasn't showing up the same way I felt like I was showing up more authentic I used to wear probably a mask I was a chameleon everyone liked me because I always was a people pleaser and now I was just being totally authentic and the I didn't realize how different I was until I saw how other people perceived me so for me it was just a deep dark um path and I was a extreme Christian and my mind was just kind of open up to alternative things and I've always been an empath and into it and with that I've dived even more into that and I have such clarity and I can read people in relationships uh, just energetically and I'm, I'm I see stuff so clearly now and so I've just recently started coming out and rebranding my business and um aligning everything I do and who I am. And it's, it's still a learning process, but I finally have like come out of the dark
1: with eyes I wide open. It. Okay. So
0: open dark night you, of the soul, everything.
1: So think about the dark night, I guess, like, this is probably where it came from. Like, it feels like a dark night. Like mm-hmm. there's like gremlins and goblins coming to get us. And we feel like an outsider and people like We're starting to see things in a completely different lens and it's, you know, I think when we have friends or family or loved ones or whatever, it's like they're used to seeing us in a certain light, but they might've been seeing us in the mask that we were wearing and maybe we didn't even know we were wearing a mask until something happened. So I want to ask you before we move on, um, Alison, what was, what triggered the dark night of the soul
3: for you? Uh, Um...
0: I I can't say there was any one traumatic thing. I think it was when I met my twin flame. Well, no, I met my twin flame after. Um, I feel like it was just time. You know, like I said, I got divorced and I got, I met him at 23. I got married at 26. Uh, I left him about 41 and then it was play and I'd have fun and I was super social. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. This is so much fun. I can be who I was. I didn't really know who I was, you know, and it was, I was just extremely social and all of a sudden, like finances, I'd burned through a ton of my money. And I was like, gosh, Allison, you need to get serious. And I feel like it just, life came at me and and the universe was like, Allison, it's time. You're meant to do stuff. I've always been a light worker just as a friend. Um, And I just, it felt like the universe was like, Allison, it's time and you're going to do this and we're going to strip everything away in order for you to really hone in on who you authentically
1: are. So, yeah.
0: I don't know if there's any one. Yeah, I think it's just
1: like there's a feeling of not feeling satiated, you know, like not wanting to have those same conversations with the same people over itself. It almost like, sounds like it's like, you just like, it's just, there's gotta be more to this than this, you know, it's just like, i kind of like, I'm, I'm over this. This is not deep enough for me. These, aren't the, uh, these aren't the kind of conversations I want to engage in anymore. This isn't the type of relationship. So it's almost like, you know, your higher self started challenging you, you know, kind of started coming at you and then you're like, Whoa, okay. You know, and I know because I mean, I'm also divorced and I definitely went through this period when I come home from work and I would be like, I'm starved for deep conversation. Like what yeah. who is going to fulfill this void in me? You know, and my husband's like, well, what do you want to talk about? And he couldn't get there. And it's like he wanted to like be able to be that person, but he just couldn't, you know? And it's like that's when I really was just like, like I was actually being but I felt like the dark night soul was like it was pushing me. Like I actually didn't actually physically like have a choice. It was like angel go, go until I was literally bye. like, I'm moving out. Like it was like, I just, there was a push. Like I felt like angels or spirits were just literally like, you gotta go, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then the next steps just started to unfold naturally. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, Thank you. And I just wanted to say one other thing. I do have two kids and I
0: feel like I always wanted to show them, um, a healthy, loving relationship with a man. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to go out there, and meet someone amazing and through my journey seven years I kept thinking I'm going to meet somebody and I realized no I have to love myself first Mm -hmm. and so through trying to show my kids um, look you're going to see this beautiful relationship between me and another man I realized oh my gosh I'm going to show them what self-love is because I really authentically love myself so much now and I'm I have fun being solo and I crack myself up and I just realized, oh my gosh, that's what I was meant to do is just show them self-love and any relationship from there doesn't matter as much if you love yourself. So
1: Mm, That's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing that. Awesome. Okay. um, I'm going to go to you, Paula, because I wrote down your name here and I wanted to get your distinction between two words. One is the difference between
2: intuition and instinct. Oh you're testing me. Good one. I'm really gonna have to use my intuition here. (laughs) (laughs) You're (laughs) so good one. I knew you were going to ask me a question today that was going to stump me. And here I can, I
1: can make you, I can give you some time to think about it and come back to you.
2: No, let's okay. not do that. Okay, uh, cool. Intuition to me is it's like this flow that comes into you and you just know you're not attached mm-hmm. to it in any sort of way. So I guess I could use the example of like, so, so you, then you wanted to know gut instinct, right? Yeah, just instinct and i mean gut doesn't you know so intuition versus instinct oh man because
1: some people might be thinking that they're using their intuition you know like oh i'm being using my intuition but it could just be instinct you know
2: i think i need someone else's help for this one
1: okay let's let's call in coley oh, okay I think
5: he's smarter than i am no i'm just a- no, nobody's smarter than nobody.
1: I um, ask tricky questions on purpose.
5: I would say what came to me is intuition is 5D. Intuition is when spirit and our cells ourselves merge, that's intuition. And instinct is the 3D coding from our base, you know, from when we were created. And it's in our cells programmed from 3D, like people shit or shit. That's my distinction.
1: Okay, I like that. Okay, let's hear what you got to say, Vicki.
6: Oh, okay, so this is just purely my knowledge that I downloaded. Um, Primal instinct, it's a bodily reaction to stimulus. Gut instinct is a bodily or psychological reaction. Primal can be psychological as well from a learned experience or a memory stimulus. All the other intuitive faculties in each of your other chakras are got their all different flavor to them, but you're right like an intuition uh, is generally a clear experience of something that is outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, so you cool. both kind of set it polar and color yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, I actually want to, um, and feel free, anybody, if you want to raise your hand to chime in because I, we haven't really talked about 3D, 45D. So I feel like just in general, if anybody wants to give, I'm going to start with 3D. What is your definition of 3D? And I know we've said 3D people, obviously we all live in a 3D r- reality because we live on planet earth, but what is your definition of, you know, 3D? You're asking me? uh anybody who wants to raise their hand i'm happy to unmute anybody i'll be super quick and then someone else can have a go okay physical reality human
6: body experience as opposed to fourth dimensional thoughts 5th dimensional spiritual realms the emotional world kind of sits between our three and fourth dimensions that's my understanding
1: Perfect. perfect anybody else want to chime in i'll just give my interpretation on 3D to me is coming from a place of fear. Uh, 4D is recognizing the fear and deciding what you want to do with that information. If you want to go back to living in fear or if you want to actually take it to the next level. And then 5D is coming from pure divine love. Okay, let's go to, um, I'm going to go to... I'm going to go to you, Chelsea, because I would love, I know you said you do, what was it? You do like aura drawings or something like that. Mm -hmm. So what is your definition of an aura?
3: So it's the projected color field. The way that, that I see it is it's a color field that represents different emotional, mental, physical dimensions of a person. So those would be like, yes, tangible experiences as a human being, thoughts. Um, Could be an ancestor hanging out in there too. There's definitely different forms of energy. So when it comes to aura, aura is a changeable thing. It's kind of like our human mood ring where the aura is going to change based on our environment or what we're feeling, that moment. So when I see people's auras, there is an actual like soul color that happens. um, And then there's three dimensions of that. And then the aura itself is kind of like that mood ring overlay where there's energies that are showing up saying, hey, I'm having this thought right now, or actually in six months I'm going to San Francisco, or um, five years ago this terrible thing in my childhood happened to me and I'm still remembering it. Um, The energy field contains past, present, future. So when you look at the aura, you can see kind of an immediate imprint of what someone is experiencing based on past, present, future. But also you can see the soul color, their soul activities and things that would be passionate for them. And, um, you know, as the aura changes, you can see different dimensions of their experience coming through based on whatever's mirroring them, whatever environment they're in or relationship they're having or conversation that's happening that's triggering different things to come to the surface. Cool. Anybody want to add anything? Go free. Awesome, I'd love to see your aura drawings. I mean, are those on your Instagram? Yeah, so if you wanna check out business stuff, it's at Visionary Empath. If you wanna check out uh, my psychic artist stuff, psychic portrait artist and uh, that's where I do the energy paintings and drawings of people. Um, a lot of the ones that I love doing are the memorial ones because I get to bring through not only the essence of the person who's passed away and their aura, but also that piece of that person you can't have physically anymore can now like hang physically in your space. Um, it's a pretty cool dimensional experience, comes with a meditation, um, allows you to make your own connection to that person on the other side as well. So love. Yeah, I love it. So. Sounds amazing. All right, let's
1: go. um, I'm going to go back to you, Paula. Um, I know that you, we didn't talk much about you being a medium. What is a medium? And um, can anybody tap into that?
2: I think anybody can, if you're open to it. Definitely. I think that some people just have an opportunity to do it a little bit easier for whatever reason. It could be based on your astrology even, I believe. Um, And I think a medium is is, um, for me, it's, it's connecting to spirit. So it could be a past loved one. Um, and that's usually how it happens for me. But also an energy medium intuitive for me is, I'm, I'm a medium for a message. So it's so not like a just a conduit or something. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the paint or the paintbrush. I'm, I'm here to bring the message and, and, and allow you to receive it in a way that you need to hear it. So even when I pick up on people's bodies and disease in people's bodies, I'm just a medium for the message.
1: So cool. Well, I know I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of the medical medium um, who has been very revolutionary in tapping into and sharing knowledge from the divine in regards to healing Mm -hmm. um, the body. So um, I'm just, I guess I'm just, I, w- I wish we had more time to really dive into this because I, I feel like this is a, a new alternative way for people to find out what's going on in their body where there's trapped energy and um, any little tips or anything you want to share about mediumship and health?
2: Yeah, our bodies, no matter what they're showing us, it is, it is a message. Our bodies are the medium. There's a message mm. there. So Um, if you're feeling something physical in your body or it's showing up in any way, in any form of disease or pain, there's a message there. And I love how the medical medium, Anthony, does it. He takes it to the next level where here, if you use these foods, you can heal this in your body. I love it. So so, um, I believe 100% with all my heart and everything he's doing, he's very much like me. I don't do that food part per se. I say, go, go read his stuff. Cause, <laughs> Cause I'm picking up on this and he has a really good idea for you. Right. Or it could also be um, astrology. It really can be astrology. Cause I, I mean, you know how much astrology can show even about our own health and maybe some hangups we might have with our health and what we can do. Cause we're each individual individual in that in order to help us heal and move past those, those possible problems that might show up in our body based on our astrology. So um, just listen to your body. If it says, eat the broccoli, eat the broccoli. If it says, don't eat the broccoli, don't eat the broccoli.
1: You know, I got to say, I mean, I struggled with um, a skin disorder for 23 years and I mean, I tried everything under the sun and I realized it was a, it was a spiritual wound Um, Mm -hmm. more than food. I think food I had, you know, already had been doing a lot of, you know, I went to natural medicine school specifically Mm -hmm. for that reason, but I realized that spirit was like, there was suppressed emotions that my body was hanging on to like suppressed anger. I mean, again, if we're going to talk about astrology, I have Chiron and Aries so that was a big wake up call. Like, well, thanks, Aries, for showing these blotchy red bumps all over me because of all the suppressed Aryan yeah. energy inside of me. So anyway, that's a whole other topic, but I'm yeah. so glad you brought up the astrology piece because it is very potent to learn, you know, what we are carrying in that blueprint again, you know, in our astrology birth chart. So
2: thank you. Yeah, yeah you made you made a really good point, actually. It's not always physical. You know, it's not always a pathogen in in your body. And that's something I've had to go through myself. I did have Lyme disease. And so, discerning whether or not it was this pathogen versus a spiritual wound, like you said, actually was difficult for me. Again, another huge topic we can go and into. It, so, and isn't
1: it funny that the spiritual stuff is like the stuff that we turn to last? I'm yeah. Like, I did the diet and I did the sun and I did all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck is the problem? Yeah. You know, and it's like spiritual, like, and it's always the last thing, place we mm-hmm. look. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's so anyway, this is why we do the Empress Festival so people can see the whole connection between yeah. that mind, body, soul.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: Brilliant. Okay. So I want to go to you, Coley. Um, what is your definition of starseed? You threw that word out, and I, I think know. There are people I know. Like, when I said it, I'm
5: like, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> so I'm just popping as a spiritual guide. I have been an empath my entire life. I'm decades old. And it's been a hard path. And just this, like, you know, last year, this last couple of years, I've popped into my... I, I realized I was an empath, right? I was walking through the airports, like, hearing and just, like, ah! <laughs> like, freaking out. So, like, hoodies and earphones and just, like, trying to make it through this place. So I don't... What is a starseed? A starseed is... Our, you know, we're we're birthing new beings, new humans on this planet, and we have our guides, our, who the universe, God, uh, no, we're not supposed to say God, whoever we call, whoever we identify as the unseen power source, is involving, involving human beings on this planet at this time. The 2020s are huge shift. 2012 was a huge shift and we're galactically now involving our higher selves into real human beings on this planet and We have starseed DNA. We have DNA that has been encoded Humans have blood and we have DNA and it's our code that makes up our bodies and Because we've been involving spirit for hundreds of years now, and we're at the tail end of a huge astrological shift for us who are involved in the stars like this 2020 to 2027 is the last seven years of a 400 year long fixed uh, star scene from the 1600s. We're literally shifting this shit. We are doing it now. And I can't fucking believe that I'm here. I can't believe I had these kids. And I, I had these people. I was highly religious and yet spiritual, okay? And I believed, I knew that I needed to birth babies, new beings with this DNA encoded, these intentions of unconditional love. I have, I don't even know what I'm saying now. You know, I am a baby bitch. I'm learning along the way. I'm very vulnerable. My stuff is just gritty and raw because this is how it happens in life, right? So my seeds came onto the scene in uh, 1996. I had my first baby, and they have evolved. And my last baby is baby Gabriel, and he is just is mind blowing, you guys. So a star seed is just a new human DNA with our capacity of uh, the I Ching, I'm really into the I Ching and gene keys and human design. I'm just wanting to throw that out as a quick seed, maybe that'll help someone grow, but we have the capacity to move forward into, we have our shadow states, and our gifting, which comes from unconditional love, which is I think what we're talking about here, holistically growing our 3D plan on the planet, but we can see how it involves everything, right? And as we are doing that, we we move into the capacity of divine essence, the cynic state, and our new blueprint for human beings is this new being, this new human. other parts of the world actually are producing very proficient new humans, <laughs> okay? So America's catching up. <laughs> we're, on. we're on the scene. But, you know, we're shifting. We're shifting. And so these are actual blood beings with an umbilical cord. I birthed them physically, and they're here with spirit DNA mm. in order to help us shift the ship.
1: So what I'm hearing is, well, it's interesting because you guys know, and I know we're going over here. We're going to wrap up here in a second, but you know, we've, I've taken like the ancestral, like prick your blood and all that stuff. So it's like, to me, that's very 3d. Like I want to see where I'm from my origins, but here, what you, I hear what you're talking about with the star seeds. It's like, you know, it's another type of DNA, you know, and it's like this, it's almost like this downloaded wisdom from the divine. And now these star seeds, the people that have these divine missions to help spread love and light, to help expand the consciousness of the planet, raise the frequency, really change mother Gaia in how she's operating right now. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a very different way to look at why we have kids, you know, and what we're passing on.
5: Yeah, I think it's conscious. Yeah, I think it's consciously bringing in humans. That's what a star seed is. It's mm-hmm. a, but I mean, I'm not like my parents were conscious. You know, at, maybe they were, I don't know. But I got here. I'm not saying I'm a star seat, I'm just saying, I'm here and I was born this way. And as I evolved by my will, we all have free will. That's the only way we can do this is just by being willing. And then, yeah, spirit comes down and yeah, our DNA is changed and consciously bringing in new people, new ideas is, well, yeah. It's like having children, families, it's a new way. It's just a new way. It's a new earth, which is my second book, by the way, Birth of the Earth to Come, just slight plug, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: well it's allowed you're allowed to plug that's the point of this place okay so I'm loving this I want to end with Brittany because we have one more question here and I think it's gonna hopefully wrap this whole thing up with a nice little bow for everybody um I am not a super um crystal wizard I have a ton of crystals um obviously Brittany I have this beautiful necklace from her has a crystal so I feel like this is a beautiful metaphor. Like we've talked about star seeds. We've talked about the mind-body-spiritual connection. We talked about our soul's work. We talked about our environment, the four elements. We've talked about divine relationships. I mean, what do we have? We cover? We just can only cover little tidbits of all of these beautiful things. But I feel like like this, imagine this to be like our body in it's, in its crystal grid and it's crystal makeup. And you know, every crystal is different. So Brittany, I, I mean, I know you use crystals in your work and they're such high vibrational. I mean, I know a lot of people who are, you know, charging it under the moonlight, they're putting it in Himalayan salt. So what can you share with us about crystals? Because I think it's just as simple as like changing our diet or putting some essential oils in our water. I feel like surrounding, even having one crystal or, you know, maybe it's rose quartz or something. What can you share with us about crystal and crystals and their... oh. See, I knew I asked the right girl. Oh my goodness. Okay, let me make sure you're unmuted. Hold on.
4: Okay, ah, there you go. Okay, what now? I've got this giant smoky cord I had to pull out. Oh, <laughs> so crystals, um, I swear by the healing of them. I tell everyone, look, they grow out of the ground like our food. They're here for us. They're here for us to play with and heal. They all carry different um, healing properties, different energy in all of them. Um, so yeah, they're they're here for us. They're here for us to stay balanced, stay connected, heal. They activate and cleanse different parts of our chakras. They're magical, special. They make you feel pretty and happy. And yeah, they're just they're little tools. They are tools for us. I mean, they literally carry you know pzo electricity they're in our computers and watches Mm -hmm. they're they retain information they retain memory so you can you know you can carry a bit of that that whatever you're you know wanting to hold on to whatever you're wanting to heal with or vibrate with you can kind of store that into your crystals and is there a
1: specific crystal or a few different crystals that you that you recommend for starters that they should have in their home or in their environment?
4: Just a clear quartz is super good for clearing, cleansing, cleansing your face, cleansing your aura, cleansing your chakras. You know, you can put them on each one of your chakras to kind of re-clear, re-cleanse, and then you know, using the different colors and the different um, gems that are. Specified for that chakra is a good way to really, you know, activate and, and enlighten all your chakras. But first, just, you know, good clear quartz to get that cleanse, clear it all out. Smoky quartz, like I just had, is good for um, ceremonial purposes. It's been used as, you know, a ceremony saging from, you know, our ancestors for centuries. Yeah. And like the, the little bullet, the, the prayer bullets, I call them prayer bullets because I put prayers behind the quartz in, um, in the bullet is a little Egyptian papyrus prayer. I usually use, you know, the I have horus because that's good for magic and protection. But I put, I put all kinds of stuff in there. Um, and then I put a Herkimer diamond behind the quartz with that little prayer. So that that energy is like radiating through and just clearing out you know, anything that you don't want, and like your little traveling, traveling protection piece. And um, Herkimer diamonds are great too because they can be, uh, they can retain information. If, if two people put like a prayer or an intention into two Herkimer diamonds and then hold them simultaneously, you can stay in this like, um, you know, psychic, psychic kind of a connection. I love it.
1: I know my first, my first introduction to crystals was I, once I realized that it has to be a spiritual wound with the, with the physical ailment that I had, I was like, well, I'm just going to buy some crystals. I'm going to take a bath in them. And I yeah. just did, I just had my bath and I just put the crystals in there and I'd put them on my forehead. I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, I'll try anything. Like I'll do anything. Cause it's like, it's mm-hmm. not working with mm-hmm. the diet and all this other stuff. And I think that's when like, I really started getting like some downloads. I really felt like, like, I'm, I always say, like, I'm a triple earth sign. I'm the most logical, practical, like, structured. Like, I don't, it's hard for me to think, like, so intuitively. But it was just like, I'm, I'm so earthbound, you know? And I felt like the crystals was one of the early simple ways of just connecting to the divine. And I did feel different. Like, I really did feel like, oh, like... Well, it doesn't make total sense to me, but I do feel different and, I, and these experiences are starting to show up. So I just wanted to, you know, Kash- emphasize,
4: yeah. Your records in there. I oh, know. So nice. I have Universe. selenite
1: and the quartz, I think, or, and then the rose quartz, those were the three that like I kind of started out with and they're just, they're inexpensive. And I think, feel- yes, Allison, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Hang on. Um, okay. Go for it. I just wanted
0: to share something in regards to uh, design. And um, according to Feng Shui, like we should not have electronics in our bedroom because of just the bad vibrations and I don't know all the terminology, but um, if you do have to have like your iPhone bedside, make sure you have an amethyst next to it to counteract Mm. it. So always have, I just have an amethyst anyway, but yeah, have an amethyst on your bedside table. Perfect. (laughs)
1: Yeah, good point with the electromagnetic field of all of the technology that we're always around. I mean, people are like, you know, literally going to the bathroom with their freaking phone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, I get it. All right, you guys. I know we. I've kept you guys over, and this has been above and beyond what I could have ever expressed, and we brought to you know the, the community and to just to the world at large. So I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, for those who are listening, please do pick up holistic fashionista magazine. They share their articles in there. Um, more tips and tricks. Do please check out their uh, links. They're going to be leaving below this video on our fan page and in the Facebook group. I will be putting this video on YouTube. I will give you guys a copy. Um, those will come to you probably tomorrow or the next day um, but for the if you guys loved this festival please do like and comment below this video um, share your love let's get everybody listening to the Empress Festival raising their vibration living out their souls work healing their body and living love and life in the fifth dimension I love you guys thank you so much for being here I'm gonna unmute everybody and let's just give it a good woo, 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 woo. Thank, you. Mm-hmm. Bye. thank you Bye. beautiful people bye, bye.
0: Bye. Bye, Bye. everyone.